Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. I am Dr. Lee Warren, and it is Self-Brain Surgery Saturday. I'm so excited because today we have an amazing guest on the show. We talk about all the time on this show how there comes a point in your life where you say enough's enough, where you've got to hit that Hebrews 12 moment where you say it's time to cast off everything that's entangling me, things that are hindering me and holding me back. I know God's calling me to something more. You hit that Job 38 moment where God says to the ocean, this far you may come. This is where your proud waves stop. No further. This is where it stops. And sometimes we get to a point in our life where enough is enough. Well, Tabitha Barber is a triple board certified OBGYN physician who's transformed her practice. Now she has a worldwide practice of virtual medicine where she teaches women how to radically transform their lives, take back their health, get their gut under control, get their mind and their faith and their spirit and their body under control. She's helping people overcome chronic pain and chronic illness and in places where they're stuck. And she just has an unbelievably inspiring story. But she had two of those moments in her life where she had to say enough is enough, where it's time to make a change, where she had to engage her faith and take control of what was happening in her life. She was a high school dropout, teen mom in the 11th grade, and nobody expected anything of her. She didn't even expect anything of her. And yet faith saved her. And she turned herself into going from being an unwed teen mom who was a high school dropout, to being a triple board certified physician. Her first book was called From White Trash to White Coat. She turned her life around, but she didn't do it all by herself. She did it with the Lord's help. She did it with support from others, and she did it because she changed her mind. And her second story, she's going to tell you in this interview, in this conversation, is when her body was breaking down and she was burning the candle at both ends and she got to a point in her life where she said enough is enough. She was facing her second spine surgery. Her body was just not cooperating and she had to make a decision. It's time to make a change. I'm going to let her tell you the story. But Tabitha has a new book. Dr. Barber has a new book called Fast to Faith. And this is interesting that she even ended up on the show because I get pitches from publicists all the time. I'm literally like every day we get an email from some publicist somewhere that says, Hey, I want you to look at this book or that book. And there's a guy named Jimmy Dwyer who sends me pitches all the time. And sometimes they're interesting, but don't quite fit. In fact, most of Jimmy's pitches are really interesting. He represents some amazing authors, but they don't just, they just don't work for my show. They don't hit the platform just right. And so sometimes I, I don't even see them. There's so many of them that Lisa kind of once in a while will bring one and say, hey, did you see this one? We ought to talk about that one. And so once in a while I get a pitch that I that fell, falls through the cracks and I don't see it. And this time, this is one of those examples. Lisa came to me a month or so ago and said, hey, did you see that pitch from Jimmy about this doctor, the gutsy gynecologist they call her? And I said, no, I didn't see it. So I opened it up and read it. We talked about it. Lisa started reading the book. And she was like, you got to have this woman on your show. Like this woman is going to inspire the listeners, not just women, but anybody who's going to hit a place in their life where they say something's got to change. Tabitha Barber's going to make a difference. So Lisa brought me this one. We reached out to Jimmy and said, hey, I know I missed this. It's been a while. I hope she's still interested in being on the show. And it turns out her book just launched this past week on the 10th of February. So I thought, what a great time to get Tabitha on the show, tell her story, change your mind, and Self-Brain Surgery Saturday is the perfect day because she lives out this example 
of what we're always talking about, how you can radically transform your life. If you get the faith and the science and the, and the will all smashed together and you get your health and start presenting your body as a living sacrifice to God, unbelievable transformation can occur. It's not too late for you, friend. You can change. And Dr. Tabitha Barber is going to help us get it done today. But before she does, I have one question for you. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. Are you ready to change your life? Well, this is the place, Self-Brain Surgery School. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and this is where we go deep into how we're wired, take control of our thinking, and find real hope. This is where we learn to become healthier, feel better, and be happier. This is where we leave the past behind and transform our minds. This is where we start today. Are you ready? This is your podcast. This is your place. This is your time, my friend. Let's get after it. Friend, we're back. I'm so excited to introduce you to a new friend. I've got Dr. Tabitha Barber here with us today. Welcome to the show, Tabitha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Me too. And I'm excited to see where all this conversation goes. And um, tell us a, a little bit about your background and story. You have a really kind of unique way that you got to medical school. You started as a teen mom and just a whole whole story there. So give us a 30,000 foot view of, of your life. Yeah. So I never planned on going to college, becoming a physician, none of that. I didn't like school. I wasn't good at school. I was going to be a rock star. Um, <laughs> but I got pregnant in 11th grade and everything changed. I had a very traumatic delivery and a lot of things were done to me. Nothing was explained. Um, and I felt like a second class citizen. And I really grew up during that time. I not only became a wow. mom, but a woman, like a woman on a mission to figure out how can women not be treated like this in our medical system. And eventually, you know, God, I had this Jesus come to Jesus moment during my delivery. And God told me, like, you have to get your life together for your daughter and for yourself and for other women and show them that they have a voice. They can speak up and ask for appropriate care and other options because I didn't have any of that. So it was a long winding road, um, but I eventually got my GED. I went on to a community college. I realized I could be really good in school if um, I just had somebody who believed in me and showed me and I learned how to study and ask for help and do all the things. And I went on to become a doctor. And um, the sad part is, and I'm sure you probably have seen this or gone through it yourself, is like you are a well-meaning doctor. You work your butt off to go through all the hoops to get there, and then you're actually doing the job. You're an attending physician, and it's exhausting. It's not sustainable the way that the medical system expects us to function. You know, I was a surgeon and doing deliveries all night and surgeries all day and seeing patients and... I couldn't take it. I reached my breaking point. And that really shifted everything for me because I realized that 
all my good meaning intentions of taking care of women, I really wasn't like we were all just in survival mode and nobody was actually living the life God intended and nobody was actually thriving or happy. And so I had to make some huge shifts in my life. Wow. So break that down for me. Like when you, when you hit that point where you realize you were caring for other people, but not caring for yourself, maybe like what, what kind of tangible things did you start with? How did how'd that break out in your family and in your life? Yeah. So as, as doctors were trained to hold our bladder, not eat, not sleep, always put the patient first. And so that was my mindset. My mentality was my patients come first. And so I regularly was sleep deprived, eating whatever garbage I could find, you know, on the way to the delivery room or right. to the OR and not exercising, not taking care of myself. And I got to the point where I wasn't able to walk away from the OR table. I was in such chronic excruciating back pain that it would lock up and I wouldn't be able to move. And I I remember, you know, I'd be covered in blood standing at the OR table wanting to leave the room and I would just have to hang there until my back freed up. And I got to the point where the nurse looked at me one day and she was like, you, you need to do something different. Like this is not, and she was right. Like it it was not working. I wasn't helping my patients in the long run and I wasn't being a good example and I wasn't helping my children. Um, And so I did the unthinkable and I had back surgery. It turned out I had a ruptured herniated disc and I thought, okay, I can get through six weeks. I can do surgery. I'll come back and I'll be a healed person. Three days um, on call, I re-injured and couldn't move. And this was really sad because I went to the surgeon and he laughed and he was like, back surgery is like Lay's potato chips. You can't have just one. (sighs) Whoa. Like, we're just going to put rods and screws in your back. It's fine. You might herniate above and below and need more surgery, but that's just what happens. And I thought, There is no way that is what just happens to a 40 year old woman's body. God did not create my body to fall apart. Like it went against everything that I believed at my core, yet he's the expert in front of me. And it is what I was taught in medical school. So I had to take a huge leap of faith and say, no, this isn't right. Something's going on. And so I took four months off of work. And I just started studying like a mad woman because that's what I knew how to do. And I found the world of functional medicine, all this health and wellness that I knew nothing about because I was stuck in the world of disease and diagnoses and surgery. And I realized this is all self-inflicted. Like this is all yeah. from my life, all from my diet. And then I started to learn that my patients' complaints were from their life and their diet. And once your eyes are open, you can't go back, right? So when I got back to work, I wanted to ask patients, uh, like, how are you handling your stress? What's going on in your relationships? What are you eating? Are you sleeping? But I couldn't. I had 15 minutes 
uh, to see a patient. And that system really is not conducive to actually helping people and connecting with them. And so I took another huge leap of faith and I left that world and I opened my own virtual medical practice. And it's been the scariest and best decision of my life. Wow. How long ago was that that you moved out? That was uh, about five years ago, maybe almost six. Wow. So it was right before the pandemic, which was helpful, obviously. Yeah. Because Zoom is now my best friend. It worked for me. (laughs) Wow. God was looking out for you. Yes. I'm glad you didn't have a spinal fusion. And most people don't need that after a ruptured disc. So I'm glad you did that. I know. But how many people go down that path, right? Because they don't know know they have other options. And that's right. We as surgeons, we're supposed to give the risks, the benefits and the alternatives, but we really truly don't talk about the alternatives because we don't know what they are. When I was a conventional gynecologist, I didn't know herbal supplementation and diet changes and things like that were an alternative, but it turns out they really are. Yep. That's amazing. So along the way somewhere, you began to sort of integrate your faith into your practice. And you talk about that for a second. Yeah. So faith has driven my entire life. I was raised Catholic. I did have a falling out and I kind of left the church in my teen years. But I always had this deep core belief that Jesus has got me. I can always lean on him and talk to him when I'm struggling. And Um, My first book that I wrote, From White Trash to White Coat, is essentially my autobiography of how Jesus walked me through all the challenges of, of everything I went through and struggled with. But I never was outright about it. I never talked about it, really. But it was the core of how I got to become a physician, how I got through all those years of self sacrifice and caring for patients. Um, and then about 15 months ago, I had an epiphany. I had, um, one day where God had me go to three different people and have three conversations with them. And in that day, he made it clear to me that I had to teach women how to heal their souls for actual physical healing. He was like, you have to teach them how to nourish their soul. That's the missing piece. That's why your patients are continuing to struggle with food additions, addictions, emotional eating, um, like hating their bodies, blaming their bodies for the pain that they're feeling, all the things. And that is how Fast to Face was born. So 15 months ago, it just all kind of came together. I created this program. I wrote this book and I decided that I could no longer help women heal their bodies without incorporating the spiritual component. And it's been transformative, like watching the patients it's such a difference because I used to do things without that faith piece and they would have results and they'd feel good. Like, Oh, I lost 20 pounds. I feel better. And then they would backslide and they would go to their old habits and ways. And so I was frustrated. They were frustrated. And it was because we were never actually healing what was happening with the soul. The soul was being ignored. I I think of it like soul atrophy, like your soul is dying, right? Like we're not even tending to it. We're not paying any attention to our soul. And when you add that piece in, the physical 
changes can be permanent because now you actually have a true driving force that can stand the test of time. That's right. I mean, our friend Susie Larson is an author and radio host, and she says, what happens in your soul happens in your cells. Like that, you change your physical body when you get your spirit right. That's what you discovered, too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really exciting to see women when that clicks for them, right? When it, they really embody it and they really start to walk with the Lord and hand things over to God and, and stop trying to do everything themselves and realize like they're just fighting against themselves. I think that's just culture, especially for women in general, is we're trained to hate our body, never um, be our own cheerleader or even cheer on other women. And so there's this competition within ourselves. There's this competition between other women. And so I've really made a deliberate practice of creating this sisterhood of women who are lifting each other up. We're not, there's this judgment-free zone. We're not judging each other. We're only cheering each other on. We're sharing our struggles and showing each other like you're never alone. There's always somebody else going through what you're going through or sometimes worse. And there's a way out and Jesus is always the way out. So that's right. Um, it, it just makes it, oh, it's incredible. I love it. Love the passion too. So <laughs> how do you get to, how did you come to dis, sort of discover fasting as part of this healing process? How'd that happen in your life? Well, so what happened was after my second back injury, when I could no longer move, I was in bed for over a week before I could go back to the surgeon and about day three or four, I realized I had not eaten. Like I just hadn't eaten. No one was really taking care of me. I was laying in bed in pain. I was starting to feel better. And I was thinking about the fact that as a surgeon, one of the first things I ever learned in my residency was to write an order for NPO. We would tell the nurses yeah. do not feed the patients after surgery because they need to heal. They need to divert resources to go heal these wounds that we created or we were trying to fix. And so my mind was starting to swirl. And I think the Holy Spirit came into me because I was crying and begging, like, please help me. Like the worst kind of praying you can do, you know, like just begging, please take away this pain. And the Holy Spirit was like, the answers are all in the word. Like you just need to read the word. And the word fasting came to me and I started studying and thinking about it. And I just had this realization, like God created our bodies to always heal, to always go back into homeostasis. There's That's this right. incredible innate intelligence. So as a surgeon, I cut you open. I cut through your skin, your fascia, your muscles, but I don't actually heal you back together. I put sutures in there to, you know, approximate the tissue, but your body does the healing and it That's will right. do that automatically. We don't have to intervene. If you cut your arm open, it will heal up unless you keep picking the scab or getting yeah. it dirty and getting it infected. Right. So here I was in this mentality of I'm the surgeon, I'm the healer, but we're not. God's the healer. He created our bodies to heal. Right. And so it really got my wheels turning like, okay, 
so I can teach women how to heal. And of course, it wasn't that quick and obvious. Like this was all little seeds that God was planting in me. And this is like a really important lesson for your listeners. God is always trying to show you a way and tell you something and give you a glimpse of the bigger picture he has planned for you. Whether we pay attention or not is the the differentiator. So he was showing me all of these things. He was like, here, we're talking about fasting. You're trying to heal your body. You're trying to help other women. And he kept planting all these seeds and they finally came to fruition with this fast to faith. But I think he does that in all aspects of our life. So we need to actually take a step back and listen to him more. And that is the basis of the book is how do I hear from God? How can I actually hear his plans for me and and not be caught up in my own plans and my own ego of what I want? Because we're always like in this sense of begging God for what we want. And it's like, we need to shift that and be like, what do you have planned for me? Because that's what I want. That's what I want, God. That's right. Yeah. So what's what separates fast to faith from other program, other weight loss, traditional diets, what's different about the program and why does it seem to have such lasting impact for people? The biggest component is an ancient meditative practice called Lectio Divina. So it's, you take a scripture and you meditate on it and it really only takes five or 10 minutes a day. There's one scripture for each of the 40 days. And I teach you how to read it, to hear from God And the really important part is to ink it. So I say, like, you've got to get your pen on the paper and get your thoughts out of your head because, you know, you can probably explain this so much better than I can. But when our thoughts are in our head, they're just a jumbled mess. And if we haven't seen the solution before, there's no neural pathway to get us there. But there's some magic that happens when you put your pen on the paper and start writing those problems down and asking for the solutions that then your mind will go, okay, where's that solution? Where's that one? Where's that? And it will find the solutions. So that seems to be a really amazing, unique way for women to finally shift out of their current thought patterns. And really everything, you know, that I've done up until this point and with this book is all based on Romans 12 too. Like, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I keep telling women, if you want to change your physical body, you have to change your mind. It all starts in your mind. And so this Lectio Divina process really gets women there. It shifts them into a space of gratitude and of receiving as opposed to this desperation and fear-based begging approach that we often are trained to do. That's right. That's beautiful. Listeners of this show are going to hear a lot of what you say to be very familiar because we're constantly talking about the self-brain surgery of transforming your mind in Romans 12, 2. And recently, 
I realized Romans 12.1 is on the same page. Like Romans 12.1, present your bodies a living sacrifice to God. This is your reasonable, essential act of worship. Like, like you want to know how God wants you to worship? Get your body in shape. Like get your body in tune with what he wants you to do. And, and on that vein, I mean, talk about gut-brain connection for a minute. We've, we've heard, they, the listeners have heard me talk about that from the brain side. Like look, tell us about the gut and why it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. So I was straight up addicted to gluten and sugar. I couldn't pass a donut up. I couldn't pass up a cookie <laughs> or a sandwich. Um, I grew up eating so much gluten, so much dairy, so much sugar. And those are like the top three inflammatory foods in our body. And, you know, we can go into the, all the reasons behind that, but the majority of people in this day and age in the United States do not feel well when they eat those three categories. And so I had to figure out how do I get off of those foods, but why am I so addicted? And I started, you know, researching and realizing like the amount of sugar that is put in our food. It's not even our fault. We're not even trying to eat sugar, but back in That's the right. 1800s, we averaged about two pounds per year per person. Today, we average 60 pounds per year. And that's wow. without even trying. That's the standard American diet, which is over a pound per week. Can you imagine? And it's so inflammatory. It's so toxic to our brain cells. It's, it's wild. So it really is something that we aren't really aware that's happening because it just came in insidiously over the decades. They just keep adding it to all the processed foods that they make for us that we keep eating. And so breaking up with sugar can be a challenge, but it can change everything because anything that you're taking in in your body your microbiome is also eating and breaking down. And I don't think a lot of That's people right. realize or even conventional doctors that we have more bacteria DNA in our body than human DNA. That's how much microbiome bacteria, parasites, yeast we have in our body. And they run the show. They make chemicals that make us crave things. Yeast love sugar. I see a lot of women with, with yeast overgrowth because they're constantly like eating sugar all day long and they're just feeding these bad guys. And it causes depression and constipation and fatigue and brain fog and all these things. And they keep thinking, well, I must have a thyroid issue or I must have a hormone issue. And yep. what's really happening is you have a gut issue. You That's have right. a gut problem. And so for me, the the day I realized all this food issue was a problem was I was having a fine, normal day and I ate a bowl of cereal and I wasn't satisfied. So I ate a second bowl of cereal. And then I found myself on the couch like a half an hour later and I was so depressed I didn't even want to finish my day. I was like, I'm just going to cancel my patience, like whatever. And I realized my food is making me depressed. It was the yeah. gluten in my food. And now it's so obvious because I've cleaned up my diet. And a lot of people think, well, this is just how I feel. 
But I promise you, like, I felt miserable all the time. And I just thought that's how life was. I thought, well, this is just me. I'm getting older. I'm super busy. So I, I must not feel good. I must have chronic knee pain, chronic back pain, depression lifelong, irritable bowel syndrome. Like I had every diagnosis under the sun. I was on all kinds of meds. And it's just not true. It was all from what I was consuming. And when I cleaned that up and removed all of that, my entire life shifted. My weight wow. fell off. I was no longer depressed. I finally got off the 10th SSRI that I was on, you know, over two decades. I was no longer on Bentol and Omeprazole and all these drugs <laughs> that were like, wow. I thought required for me to function. So I just encourage people to take a step back and think about how different our world really is than it was back in Jesus's time. Like our society has advanced so quickly and things have changed so drastically, but we don't see that because we weren't alive back then. So we think right. if you look around and you see plastic everywhere, that's just normal life. But literally, plastics didn't exist 100 years ago. Our body has no idea how to handle plastic getting in our body through our food, through our water supply, and all of these other toxins that we've created in a lab that didn't exist 100 years ago. So we are not honoring the body God gave us for this human experience. And that is what he's asking of us. Like you mentioned, like, he doesn't want us to just focus on the spiritual, which that I think I hear a lot. Women are like, well, I'm not going to worry about my body because that is a superficial thing. That's an ego thing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to worry about my looks, but that is not true. God gave you this body on purpose. He wants you to have this human experience and he wants you to honor the body that he lent you. And so you do need to start paying attention. What am I putting in my body? How am I nourishing it? How am I moving it and treating it? Because if you take a look, you might not be treating it that well. And that goes against what the, the Bible says that we should be doing, honestly. That's right. Yeah, I noticed uh, Hebrews 12, there's this, this verse that says, Let's cast off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So so we always talk about the sin side of that. Yeah, I need to stop doing this and stop doing that and stop doing this. But we don't think about just things that just hinder us. They might not be sinful. And diet's one of those things. Like the things we put in our body hinder our lives. So how do people align their health and their faith? Like how do you integrate that in your life and your practice? So... I, I love the whole story about Jesus being in the wilderness for 40 days. That's kind of where this whole idea sparked because he had a physical body just like us. So he had to feel the same things we felt and he was tempted. He was tempted with all the stuff that we're tempted with. You know, he was hungry. He, he was in pain. He was, you know, tempted with his ego and you can have great nations from the devil, like all these things. But what we need to realize is that we are greater than our temptations. If we can learn how That's to right. listen to our body and figure out why we're having these cravings and these desires and get some tools to overcome that or to, to transverse it into something else, that is where we can 
really make progress and grow into the person that God wants us to be. He does, he wants us to evolve. I truly believe that. Like, I don't think we're supposed to leave the way we came. That's, you know, the journey is the important part. And for a lot of us, the physical struggles, that is our journey of figuring out how to continue to show up and do well in our lives despite pain, despite depression, despite these things. And and he wants you to figure out why those things are happening. So like if you could just start asking why every time you feel something, why, why? And be curious because our thoughts could just be a past memory coming back. You know, yeah. I like to tell people like, Think about a song that you listen to. Every time you hear that song, it triggers a memory and then it triggers an emotion. So if you just had a breakup, you could be feeling fine. You hear that song, you start crying. Like that is how our brain works. So you have to get curious and go, oh, I'm just feeling that way because that song triggered me. It's not actually how I'm feeling or need to feel right now. I can release that feeling and get back to doing what I was doing. And so once you kind of get control over all this stuff you're feeling and thinking and realize that some of it's false, some of it's not actually appropriate or helpful to you moving forward it's like you staying stuck there are chains that need to be broken and they can be broken you can create new patterns new thoughts and create new emotions to go along with it so i teach women like don't let your emotions run your calendar like if you have stuff you need to do you need to work out three days a week you just work out three days a week. We That's don't right. go if we feel like going because <laughs> otherwise right. Monday never comes, right? You never feel like it. The change never happens. And That's so we right. have to be greater than these, these fleshly desires. I mean, imagine if we gave into all our fleshly desires. Some people do, but yeah. then everybody would be like, cheating and gluttonous and stealing and all the things because that's a quick feel good that's a dopamine hit but that's not how god asks us to live that's right my goodness you're doing such good work and you're helping people tell tell me if somebody out there like says this lady needs to be my doctor like that how does somebody become your patient Yes. Yeah, so um we have a form that you can fill out on drtabitha.com And of course, my mom spelled my name with three A's and not an I, so she had to be different. Um, (laughs) But there's a form you fill out so that we can understand how you need to be supported, what, what you're struggling with. And you get on a call with somebody on my team and she just listens to the issues that you're having. And, you know, we have a couple different ways we work with people and Almost always we have to heal the gut. We have to clean up the diet. We have to get control of our monkey mind and all the things and our busy, busy lives. So I I tell people like busyness is from the enemy. It's keeping you distracted so you don't actually do the work to become the better person that God wants you to be. So, so much of our lives are just an unnecessary distraction and they're not only preventing us from emotionally evolving, but they're preventing us from physically healing and, and being healthy. That's probably one of the biggest things I see in women is they are trying to do it all, have it all, like control it all. 
and there's not a moment open in the day to process anything. There's not five minutes to open the Bible or to hear from God. And they want to control every little thing that happens. And that is when the enemy can really come in and start saying all kinds of lies in your head. And then you get those new patterns and those those beliefs that aren't true of, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. I can't do it. Um, and that's where we really struggle. So I would encourage women, like if you feel you need any kind of support like that, like I'm going to get real on you. I mean, it might be tough love, but I don't yeah. just heal guts. I don't just balance hormones. I, I'm going to ask you about what's going on in your life and in your heart and in your mind, because otherwise the other stuff is pointless. Like you're going to have change for five minutes and then you're going to fall back into your old ways. And like, that's not okay with me. Wow. So let's say somebody listening today, Dr. Barber is just like right in the thick of the massive problem that they're going through. They just lost their spouse. They just got the diagnosis that just something just happened. Like, yeah. what do you say next for that person? Like, like the, the bad thing is, is acute for them right now. How do you doctor them? Mm. So I have a method. I talk about it in my book. It's called Faith It. And I just had someone yesterday in my Fast to Faith group say, I don't know if I should do the online program. Like my life just fell apart. Someone passed away. Um, and so I'm angry at God. I feel like that's not the right time um, to do all of this. And that is the absolute crucial time. God is right. chasing you down. He is trying to bring you back to him. But here's the thing. We have free will. That's God gave us the ability to either choose him or not choose him. He is waiting patiently to love you, to right all your wrongs, to show you the path. But you right. have to ask him for it and you have to accept that you have to surrender, essentially. Like, I had to surrender my life to him for him to take over and be in control of it. But he's not going to do that if you don't want him to. That's just how it is. And so That's right. when you are feeling like you can't go any further, life is as bad as it gets, he's waiting there. And he's he loves you unconditionally. So there is no condemnation. There is no judgment. He just says, welcome. I forgive you. Let's figure this out. And so That's this right. method I call fast faith it is you fast for focus. You ask him for guidance doing Lectio Divina. You ink it for clarity. And then you get in this attitude of gratitude and you thank him for all of the things because you can't be grateful and anxious at the same time. Like it doesn't work. Right. If you're in this attitude of gratitude, your mind will start to shift and then hear his plan for you and get into action. He doesn't want you sitting around. He's not going to fix everything. He wants you to get into action and make the changes and then trust his timing because that was my big lesson last year was I wanted everything yesterday or right now. And I realized like, 
I don't get to see the big picture that he gets to see. He's moving all kinds of pieces and situations that I don't realize are potentially affecting me and the people in my life. So I need to trust that everything's coming together when it is supposed to come together. So I would encourage your listeners, if they're feeling that tug, if they're hearing that whisper, if they keep getting the same little pattern repeated of like, hmm, maybe you should think about fasting. Maybe you should think about fasting. That's God telling you to start connecting your body and your soul back together. Wow. Dr. Barber, amazing work. Love your new book, Fast of Faith. We're going to point people to you and hopefully connect a lot of new readers and followers of you. And just God bless you and your work and your family and your life. Thanks for your time today. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. What a great conversation. So thankful that Dr. Barber took the time to share her inspiring and powerful story. This is an amazing book, Fast to Faith. It's aimed at women, but I think all of us can learn so much from Dr. Barber's story. If you're stuck, if you're tired, if you're saying enough is enough in my own life, if you're not living in abundance, if you're not thriving, then you can be better. The truth of self-brain surgery, the truth of transforming your mind in Romans 12, 2, is that there is no place in your life that God can't redeem, restore, and get you unstuck and moving forward. He has abundance for you. That's the truth. Stop hearing the enemy's lies that you can't change, that you're worthless, that you're no good, that you're stuck, that it can't be better. It can. Dr. Tabitha Barber is a great example of how God can redeem even a story that seems hopelessly broken and turn it into something beautiful that's inspiring people all over the world to get their lives back. Friend, you can change. You really can. Check out Dr. Tabitha's website, D-R-T-A-B-A-T-H-A, drtabitha.com. The book is everywhere books are sold fast to faith. It's a 40-day journey. How you can change your mind and change your life. Friend, I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'm so grateful to have your time today. And I pray that this episode will help you, inspire you, move you forward, and get you unstuck. And the very good news about all that, my friend, is that you can start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren Podcast is brought to you by my brand new book, Hope is the First Dose. It's a treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things. It's available everywhere books are sold, and I narrated the audiobooks. Hey, the theme music for the show is Get Up by my friend Tommy Walker, available for free at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. They are supplying worship resources for worshipers all over the world to worship the Most High God. And if you're interested in learning more, check out TommyWalkerMinistries.org. If you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer and go to my website and sign up for the newsletter Self Brain Surgery every Sunday since 2014 helping people in all 50 states and 60 plus countries around the world. I'm Dr. Lee Warren and I'll talk to you soon. Remember friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind and the good news is you can start today. <laughs>